With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got a theme song for Gopher fans here, don't oh, I? The yeah. Bottle Rockets. <laughs> That's take, not bad. Take me to the bank. I don't know about the rooster in my pants part, but... Uh Anyway, uh, take me to the It's a bank. farming reference. It's a farming yes, reference. Yes, that's true. Uh, Andy Greeter is indeed at the bank for where the Gophers will open uh, this season. Uh, year zero plus it is for uh, Coach Fleck. Uh, couldn't ask for a more beautiful night, sir. Yeah, it's perfect. I remember last year it was, it was pretty sticky. So, yeah, temperatures in the 70s, a lot of sun. Um, so, yeah, it's a great night for the start of college football. Now, uh, impressively, they got a lot of freshmen to come over and take that photo in the middle of the field, and they gave them all tickets. Are those are the freshmen going to use their tickets tonight? Well, I mean, if they're going to use them uh, ever, it's going to be tonight. You know, driving into the stadium, Frat Row was was a popular place, and uh, uh, you know, there's probably a, a couple hundred already in here uh, an hour before game time. Uh, so, yeah, I'd imagine that this is probably one of the strongest crowds of the year, and. You know, they're going to need to perform. Uh, you know, last year they had a kind of lackluster, slow 17-7 to win over Buffalo. And, uh, you know, if you're going to try to grab uh, young students' attention, I think a resounding victory will help do so. So, Andy, just how dangerous is this New Mexico <laughs> State football team that P.J. was talking about last week? Oh, man, you know, not very. Uh, you know, they uh, did not score until garbage time with 76 seconds left. You know, I think they had one first down in the first half. They had negative nine rushing yards. And, you know, to be fair, Wyoming, uh, which is a group of five school, uh, had the number nine scoring defense last year. So they're – and a lot of those players are back this year. So they, they had stiff competition. But, uh, you know, they didn't put anything on paper, uh, anything uh, – I'm sorry, uh, anything actual uh, on game film that showed that they uh, are, are much to to deal with. You know, and the, the spread actually started at 17. And, you know, yesterday it was up to 20, and last I checked, it was 21 and a half. So, you know, they've got some defenders that are out. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what's contributing to the line going up. So, you know, the Gophers are, are uh, you know, that three touchdown favorites, and I think that uh, it's probably going to end up that way, too. Uh, New Mexico State, of course, is kind of an orphan here. They don't have a league anymore. They got booted out of the Sun Belt, and, uh, which was, uh, you know, not much of a fix. Them and Idaho got thrown out. Idaho's going to the, not the, uh, Idaho is going to the big sky. They're going to go down a level. New Mexico State has to scrounge to, uh, find opponents. Of course, they came in here for, I think it was Jerry Kill's opener, right? And, uh, or uh, yeah, second, yeah, yeah. a home You're opener on the and defeated to, uh, the Coliseum against USC and then came back here and lost to a New Mexico State team in, in 2011. 
yeah, I mean, New Mexico State, uh, you know, like you said, is out of the Sun Belt Conference, and, you know, the Mountain West seems like a logical next step. And, you know, once they went down early to Wyoming, uh, those people that came to the game in Las Cruces for those $3 tickets were <laughs> exiting in masses. So it was not a good look in their in their first game as they tried to audition for another conference. What's, what's their, uh, I mean, last year they did go to a bowl game. Uh, you know, they got to be 500. What, uh, what, what? Is the excuse here they don't have their quarterback anymore, or what? How come they were so rotten? Yeah, I mean they they have a new a, a new quarterback. I think part of it was is that the Wyoming is Wyoming defense is pretty good, so I think they kind of put the handcuffs on them. Um, you know they've they've got a number of guys out on defense as well, and you know they kind of were able to keep Wyoming in check, but they were just on the field for too long. They got nothing out of their offense. Their defense was on the field too long. They had guys that. You know, their number one uh, defensive end uh, leading sack guy last year. He's been suspended for academic purposes, and, and they've got a couple other guys out. So, uh, yeah, it's not uh, it's not a great start for them, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier for them against, you know, what is expected to be, you know, a six-win Minnesota team. Uh, what's the uh, shape of the offensive line? There's certainly uh, a lot of emphasis put on that. I, I think they want to uh, become the uh, new Wisconsin as far as being able to move people. Uh, and uh, that was as as big a problem as any that they had last year. What what shape is the offensive line in? Yeah, it's it's kind of the opposite of the Vikings. They've had the same five guys from the first day of training camp uh, through the projected depth chart here today. Um, they've got some talent there. You know, uh, Donnell Green, uh, a junior college guy from Coffeyville, Kansas, is his you know third year, and he's looked at as the number one candidate to be able to end a. 12-year drought without any gopher linemen uh, drafted, which is kind of hard to fathom here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jared Weiler is a center. He came in as the number one uh, rated center, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's, uh, you know, highly thought of. And Blaze Andrees, the, the Marshall kid who was the number one recruit in the 2016 class, who had 25 offers, took the gophers. And, and they were able to keep the redshirt on him last year, even though there were some times where it looked like he might take that off. Um, so this is going to be his first taste here tonight. And you know, a couple other Minnesota guys, Connor Olson and Sam Schluter as well. I looked at the tight ends. I never heard of either of them on the depth What's chart. That? I looked at the tight ends. I had never heard of either of them. Who uh, Who are these guys? Yeah, you know, with uh, with Brandon Lingen and, and Nate Wozniak gone and Seth Green playing wide receiver, uh, you know, kind of at the start of camp, it was Seth Green as probably the number one tight end. And, they feel like he's better at, at wide receiver, so they've moved him again uh, to a new position. Co'Keefe uh, from uh, from Iowa, he's played sparingly on special teams. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of an unknown on this team. I think they've got depth and some skill at the wide receiver spot. But, yeah, it's an unknown when it comes to tight end. I'd imagine that they probably have more three wide receiver sets uh, accordingly. There has never been, however, a coach in the history of football, at least the last 25 years, who hasn't said, we like to use our tight end. But uh, you think maybe we don't, we're not going to worry about that too much? They all said, you know, John Filippo. oh, man, he likes to use his tight end. Well, he had the best one in America, okay? So uh, they, they might just go with the three wide receivers much more often. Huh? Yeah, I would think so. I mean... I'd imagine that you know they're going to get Rodney Smith more involved in the passing game. I think that's something that that is a focus for them. So wide receivers and Rodney Smith, I'd imagine that they try to, you know, especially tonight with Zach Anik said making his first career start as a true freshman. I think they're going to try to 
you know, a lot of a lot of short dink and dunk. You know, if he's if he's got somebody uh, open in a kind of a you know safety release, you know, kind of just an easy pass to kind of help you know move the sticks. I think they're going to try to do that, and and uh, I don't think tight end is going to be kind of that position at least at the start. Andy, how good can we expect this defense to be for the Gophers? So you broke up there. What? How good can we expect the defense to be for the Gophers this year? Well, I mean, they're going to be better with Antoine Winfield Jr. back. I mean, he was a freshman All-American, a guy that they can move around to a lot of different spots, play nickel, maybe some outside linebacker safety. Uh, you know, just like his dad, just you know, very smart player, and he's going to be counted on again. Um, I think there's some some questions, especially at you know defensive tackle. They've got the OJ Smith, who's the transfer from. Uh, Alabama, who's a projected starter, so we'll see what he's going to be able to do. I think they have you know, some issues kind of when it comes to defensive end. I mean, they've got a, a five-technique defensive end and Winston Delata-Badir, who's 250 pounds, and, uh, you know, that's pretty small uh, in the Big Ten, and I'd imagine that that's kind of some some uh, kind of roster, you know, um, inflation there. I don't know if he's fully 250, so they're, they're still a work in progress. Carter Coughlin is, is a good player on the other side at the rush end, but he's also undersized. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this rush defense last year uh, didn't really force uh, opponents to pass the pass the ball, and, and they're going to need to be able to do stuff. They're going to be able to hang in games, especially when we get the Big Ten play. I hate to uh, be cynical, but I'm more interested in Michigan and Notre Dame this weekend than this one, i got to tell you. Oh, absolutely. I think, that is, <laughs> I think that's the game of the week, and you know, if Notre Dame's able to beat uh, Michigan, then you know, the, the talk about is Jim Harwalk can do it uh, at his alma mater will we'll start up. And if they are able to take care of the Fighting Irish. I think that, you know, with Shea Patterson, at quarterback, you know, they could be a team that maybe comes out of the East. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to have such a pivotal game so early. I wonder if we're going to set a new world record for, oh, of course, we have 14 teams now, but for new and freshman quarterbacks starting in the Big Ten, Anikstead, Rutgers, Nebraska's going to have a freshman quarterback starting. It's uh, it's. Uh, a lot of shakeup as far as the quarterbacks in this league. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what's interesting is, you know, once uh, Martinez gets named in Nebraska, then you know, somebody transfers right away. You know, that's kind of the state of, of where things are at. If you're not named the starter, then, you know, you're looking you're looking elsewhere. I thought it was interesting that at Illinois, you know, went with uh, kind of a nomadic grad transfer guy uh, for their starting quarterback, you know, after so much of what Lovey Smith did last year with playing, you know, I think a record number of freshmen to hand over the reins to a guy that's going to be a short-term fix, I think is interesting and not kind of what he was establishing himself to do last year was go young. You know what? Uh, I've always had a theory about sports in general, though, uh, Andy. If you're young and bad, that doesn't mean you're not going to be old and bad. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes being young... It's it's an excuse, but then again, maybe these guys aren't that good too. So I yeah, think that's I mean, kind of we're going to see that with the Gophers here. I mean, they you know have fifty three percent of their roster is freshmen or redshirt freshmen, and a lot of true freshmen are going to you know start here tonight and and play. Uh, so yeah, we'll see if these guys are are young and bad or you know maybe young and promising. So we'll see. As my pal Phil Flap Flap Flap. What, what uh, Phil Fleck, is he is he uh, brought it down a level at all? Is he uh, you know kind of quieted down in any way? He, as far as talent goes, yeah. No, as far as, sorry, as far as 
As far as rhetoric, has he dropped her down a level here now that he's experienced in youngest football team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I mean the, the rhetoric is always going to be there. I think he's got a. I mean, I find myself trying to cut through it when I when I transcribe. I mean, there's going to be and a lot of rhetoric in, in what he says, and you try to kind of work around a lot of it to try to find where there's some, some real meat on the bone. Yeah, I think that's just the way it's going to be. It's always going to be a, a lot of catchphrases, a lot of talking points. Okay, one uh, on your other beat, uh, the Minnesota United, what are you hearing about Quintero? Yeah, you know, sorry, there's some uh, talking here in the press box. But, yeah, you know, I think that they're hopeful that they're going to be able to get him back. September 2nd, uh, excuse me, September 12th when they go to D.C. But, yeah, I think the last two games with, uh, without him, you know, they've lacked any sort of creative playmaker in the middle of the field. And, uh, you know, he's got 10 goals and 9 assists uh, this year, and, and he's been, you know, really dynamic for them. So they, they need him if they're going to try to at least stay relevant. I think the playoffs are, are, you know, just a sliver of a chance at this point. We can kind of let that be, but... You know, as they try to build for, for the future, he's going to be a part of it. And he's able to, to get back on the field, and I hope he's able to do so here in a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's vital for them. And one last thing. Do you agree that there should be a ban on future uh, MLS teams called United? Do you agree with that? No, oh, no yeah, more United. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think any sort of time that there's, you know, some sort of attempt to try to recreate something that's, you know, part of European soccer culture, I think, is, you know, kind of inauthentic. So, yeah, I'd love to see, you know, a team that comes in and, you know, it's like the, the new team that's possibly going into Austin. I wish that they would come out with, like, the Austin Tigers or, you know, the Austin <laughs> Wildcats. Just some, some curveball that's just, like, actual, real, authentic to what American sports culture is. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult to kind of grasp when, when you see, you know, Atletico and Crew and Real and... You know, all the other names that are, are not really uh, you know, genuine to what our sports culture is. That's right. Uh, all right, Andy, have a good ball game. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Yep. Andy Greeter covers the uh, uh, Gopher football for the Pioneer Press. And we had arranged to have Andy do a weekly show, and by golly, we'll have him again next week. I eat we'll, difficult conversations for breakfast. That's right. Let's hear that, Jonathan. Let's hear the theme song for Gopher football again. Oh can man, you, that was a can great you, tune. Can you play this again. Should we refire I'm, it up? I'm trying to help him. Oh man. This is it. I have found them their songs. Man. Take, take me to the bank. Not a moment too soon. Take me Got to the winner. bank. If they'd started this two weeks ago, that place would be full. <laughs> we'll be back. Can we report exclusively that the Gopher game starts at 6 and not 7? Did you look it Wait, up? What? 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 When does the Gopher game start? Hold on. I think it is. It is 6 o'clock. And he said in an hour it'll start in an hour. That was a shock to me. I thought it was 7. But John just yelled at all of us because he said I've been... 
I've been reporting that all day. John, did John, you, did get, you out, get, out, get out there. Get did, out you there. No, John, us, did you expect us to start paying attention John, now? nobody can John. hear what you're saying, John. Get out there. John, we can't hear you. John, you're, John, you're having John, a microphone. John, we can't hear you. Come on out. Yeah, he, said, uh, he said that we've, he's been reporting 6 o'clock pretty much all day. Are you well, afraid of the crowd? Are you afraid of the safe yeah, road, yes. John? Yeah, it's uh, never seen a crowd this big. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay. Well, by the way, That's good, the we've been good joke ruined. Good joke ruined for Twitter. What do you mean? Uh, the Bobby Wilson-Chris Jimenez trade. Yes, sir. Okay. I, was th- I thought that Jimenez was a six months younger than Bobby Wilson, and I was going to say the rebuild has started. Okay. Six months older. But actually, Bobby is uh, younger than Chris Jimenez, so really? I, can't, I can't use that joke. Veteran leadership. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> yes, that's Good right. Good in the clubhouse. Jimenez is a hell of a guy. So is Wilson. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than the crusty old oh, catcher. Oh, God, they're the best players who's with virtually no ability to None. get 10 years in the major leagues. <laughs> no. it's, it's great. And they, uh, you know, they, they never quit. No. If somebody has to tell them, no, get out and don't come back. And they got to lock all the doors <laughs> at every camp in Major League Baseball or these guys are going to show and up. And that's why I told the wife, she's like, why did you buy our three-year-old catcher's equipment? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to throw balls in the dirt and he's going to learn right. how to catch. But Bobby Wilson, you know, last year signed with the Dodgers. He spent the entire year in Oklahoma City. And he thought, he got home and he thought about not playing you know because mm-hmm. oh, he didn't you know he didn't it was the first time in eight years that he hadn't gotten at least part of the season in the big leagues but twins called and he said yeah to hell with it once they let jim and has going <laughs> yeah. heck, he ended up with four months basically right yeah he was here almost all ever since Castro got hurt. But you're right. There is no better character than the backup catcher. Oh, yeah. They're the greatest. <laughs> I always... Uh, uh, Best in Twins history. Come on. Junior Ortiz. Yeah. Yeah, I, he was I'm pretty good. Junior Ortiz, man. Yeah. Because yeah, he was such a great character, too. And he, ca- he caught Erickson, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was Erickson's desert. So he could catch that slider, and Laudner didn't have to get beat up. Nothing that, was know? better than when... Uh, I think it might have even been during the 91 season, around that time when both he and Lenny Webster both hit home runs in a weekend series in Kansas City. And Mm -hmm. I forget which one said this, but they don't mess with the Bash brothers. (laughs) (laughs) They're both hitting like a buck 25. (laughs) Now, the original one here, the second one, the one who had a long run behind Earl Batty, Jerry Zimmerman, was one of the great guys of all time, and he fit the profile. Couldn't hit a lick. Right. You know, right. he would be good defensively. They had a Hal Nergon for a while. He was a lefty hitter. Okay. But he was more of a guy that could get a hit, and they'd use him as a pinch hitter. But they'd never use him as a pinch hitter. He was the backup catcher for uh, Batty. And then he became. Then he was Mox Stelmazic. He was, you know, like uh, TK's had Stelmazic to run everything, you know. To, yep. Uh, and Zimmerman was that for uh, Mock, and uh, just one of the funniest. He died young for no reason. He was in great shape, and uh, he's uh, he was just a great character. He uh, was one of those quiet kind of guys, but if he was had the greatest wry sense of humor of all time. And I remember one day, and in, in, uh, Frank Howard was with Texas. I think he was managing Texas, or maybe even still playing. I don't know. But you know Frank Howard was six foot nine and and weighed 
300 and I was standing in the, in the visitor's dugout and Zim went and stood behind me and he said, don't look over here, Howard. I'll come out there and kick your ass. <laughs> and, he was, and, he was, and he was saying it. He was saying it in this quiet voice. You hear me. You hear yeah, me, you Howard. Hear, you, hear you don't me. look over there. You hear me. Went, yeah, yeah, don't turn. Don't turn over here, Howard. I can. And then Howard kind of looked around. He kind of quiet. Yeah, you, I know you. You know. Come on over here. Let's see what goes on here. The most, what, the, one of the top five most physically imposing oh, players yeah. in and, the history and of, of that, baseball. And of that era, you know, by far, they, you know, there weren't as many big guys then. No, he had Boog Powell and him, you know. Don't look over here. No, no, no. It'd be like it'd be like Lou Ford staring down Frank Thomas. Yeah, but it was it was a whole yeah, 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 yeah. You think you you know you're acting like you don't hear me, but I, you know, just just turn and see what happens, you know. Oh my God, he was hysterical. All right, hey, we'll be back. Mike Vack is uh, on the grounds and will join us. There he is. Hello, sir. Mike Vack uh, will tell some baseball stories. Mike Vick, uh, the owner of the Paul Saints, is with us. The Saints have been red hot and have just won the division. Way to go. I'll tell you something, George. You know, he <laughs> yes. ought to come in my office tomorrow and get a lifetime oh, contract. Right. Come I, on, baby. I think George <laughs> thinks he has one, so uh, what the heck. But I, that's... He, and you know something? This club this year is because of George Samus. He put this club together, and it was painstaking, and he didn't put it together in the beginning of the season. He just kept adding yeah. and tinkering. And they playing. didn't come in and steal as many players from you this year as they did last year either. You pretty much could keep most of the nucleus together of the, of the top guys, right? Yeah. But, but when he replaced Phillips, for example, with uh, Joey, I, I thought, oh, my God, you know, mm-hmm. what's he doing? And, and he just... I mean, we got a good pitching staff, a good pitching staff, not pieced together, but pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, the secret of life everywhere. So I was just telling a Frank Howard story, and you you told me you have a very good Frank Howard story. Now, Frank Howard was an All-American basketball player at Ohio State and uh, was six foot nine in an era where we didn't have six foot eight pitchers all over the place. He stood out above everybody. And uh, you ran into him where? Where, where did you encounter him? Well, I, I ran into him twice. First time was um, my dad had retired and we were living in Maryland. Okay. And it's when, you remember when they used to play donkey basketball games? Oh, sure, and, right. And the athletes yeah. would come in. Well, Easton, the little town um, where we were living, <laughs> would get Johnny Unitas and mm-hmm. Alan Amici, you know, and, and Brooks Robinson. And... One day they were all they all came after the thing at Easton High School after a donkey basketball game and I got to sit up for a few minutes and I hear this knock on the door and it wasn't loud or anything. My dad goes, Go see who it was and they've been drinking beer for okay. a couple hours by mm-hmm. now and I walk out to the front and I open the door and I'm looking at a guy's knees. Yeah. And I just kept looking up and up. And I couldn't believe it. <laughs> was he and with he, the new senators then, right? Yeah. yeah. The new senators, yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. hi, kid, I'm, I'm uh, Frank Howard. Is your dad here? <laughs> it was the first time I ever heard a garage yeah. talk. <laughs> I mean, he was just like monstrous. Yeah. They did, I did hear some stories that uh, post-game he could drink a beer or two. They yeah. said he could drink some beer. Yeah. Well, we were in Tampa together, too, after the first okay. year when they announced to everyone, when Vince Namoli said, we are going to open and draw four million people. Yeah. yeah. And that was the only way, of course, I could get a job after they yeah. lied to him that much. <laughs> <laughs> I what, like, was he, what was he doing there then? 
He was coaching. Coaching, yeah. okay. And uh, who was I can't remember who was the first who was the man original manager down there with oh. Tampa Bay. Who the heck who would have he been working for? I can't remember who it was. Uh, anyway. I'm trying to think the pitching coach was the guy who went to the Marlins. Yeah. Who yeah. was the manager? Uh, yeah. Tom would know. I can't okay. remember. But, I can't remember. But you knew him down there. But and, yeah, and he was just a wonderful he was a lovely guy and he would go out. Um, and 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 make appearances, and he kind of quit drinking by then. I mm-hmm. mean, to the to the uh, amount that that he could when he when he was younger, and and he'd make appearances all over the all over the community. And he was just a nice man. He used to, uh, you know, you go back to the era, same as I do, where if a guy hit a ball through the box, that was like a violation of uh, you know you're going to get knocked down the next time. But a he hit more screamers through the box than anybody. And B, nobody ever knocked him down because he could come out and wrench their neck. But when Louis Tiant was pitching here uh, with Calvin in 70, 71, whenever that was, he'd get out there and get in the stretch when Howard was back, and he wouldn't let the ball go. It was like he'd, he'd, he'd stay in the stretch for like 40 seconds and contemplate whether he actually was going to throw a pitch or not. It was unbelievable. <laughs> See was, if he wanted to get his head he knocked off. He was just absolutely <laughs> terrified of, uh, of him, that's, that's for sure. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, you know, I was telling a Jerry Zimmerman story because he was a, I don't know. Well, you were talking about that, but you left out some of the great guys. One of my favorite guys was Sherm Lawler. Oh, yeah. He's the slowest man in the history of the world. Well, and he's the reason the Twins got batty because the, uh, I mean, the Washington Senators got batty because Sherm didn't want to have a backup catcher because he wanted to play 140 games, right? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it took him 140 games to get from first mm-hmm. to third, but but he'd hit those 15, 20 home runs for you every year. And how about Triandos? Yes, they caught they yeah. caught oh, Wilhelm with slow. the oversized. <laughs> oh yeah, and he was as slow as uh, molasses too. Yeah, the catchers changed a little bit, but it's it's also interesting, Mike, that they won't let a guy stay there anymore. I see you now uh, Posey has stayed there all these years in San Francisco, and now he needs hip surgery, and that's going to cause more teams to turn the 27-year-old gifted hitter to put him in another position, yeah. like the Twins did with Maurer and uh, those guys. So uh, the, the panic we're seeing in Major League Baseball about uh, declining attendance and uh, uh, you know time of games and what are we going to do about all these uh, things, what do you... Uh, what what what's your theory that uh, I I think part of the reason that doesn't get a lot of credit is economic. You're just charging people too much money for a beer and too much money for a ticket. And what what do you think? No, I couldn't agree more. And they would and they of course can never come out and say that. But I also think that their lack um, of commitment to kids to marketing to kids. You know, mm-hmm. well. I, the NBA markets their players. NASCAR markets their players. Yeah. You hear people say, "My driver," um, and and baseball has has never done that, and they've never really effectively gone after kids. And now, of course, the prices are more expensive. Yeah. But you have to make the game accessible. So, Joe, six-year-old boys and girls have to be able to get to Joe Maurer to get an autograph. Yeah, and that's that's where the problem was. And in Detroit. Um, the year Trammell um, managed we, when we lost 119 games, we put a player at the end of the dugout after each game for 20 minutes. And the yeah. players loved it, and the kids lined up afterwards, and they got to know 
um, they're 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 heroes, and I think that's important. In the time of the game, I think you just got to take the handcuffs off the umpires and yeah. let them enforce the rules. Uh, yeah, as far as that, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, they have a everybody says a pitch clock. Well, they got one, but they never enforce it. But uh, they tell me that minor league baseball, it works that the games are shorter because uh, you know you get a, you see a guy like Barrios come up here and he works a lot faster because he pitched with that clock down in the minor leagues and you guys got one in the northern league or you don't really need one well we we've had it i mean the, american association we, well me. originally the northern league we were right and then the american association we originally had it and the same thing that happened the first time it was enacted in the major leagues was the, the original one my old man put a siren in there and they hit yeah. that and the horn went <laughs> off and hurley went crazy yes and um it was never used again and the same thing here um, we used it the first game, and um, they called Miles Wolf, the commissioner, um, the umpire, and said, we're not going to enforce this. We can't enforce this. This is, is, is too much trouble for us, and we're not going to do it. But our games this year, for the first 15 or 20 games, were two hours and 45 minutes. So if you pay attention to it and really enforce it, you can cut it down. Yeah, they. Uh, and I, I saw somebody... Uh I, I was complaining about this yesterday. The general manager from Milwaukee, uh, Stearns, uh, was talking about they've had trouble with their starting pitching, but he says when we get to September 1st, we can bring up more pitchers. Then we can cut the game down to uh, smaller pieces. Oh, that's good. That makes me happy. Now we can have eight pitchers per team instead of six. It's unbelievable. I still go back to that great that Red Shandy's quote about, taking bob gibson out going out there yeah how do you take bob gibson out carefully <laughs> you know and so so everybody's you, on a pitch count you ask for his permission uh, yeah could you please come out uh, robert that, yeah that that is true but i'll tell you one thing i was in uh chicago this I, i've talked to you since then but i was there with the twins this uh summer and uh you might think baseball's got some problems but that thing is on the madness around the cubs and the new, you haven't seen it, have you? The new plaza they have. If you're on the uh, left field side, they basically blew out all that stuff over there. It's like a pregame for an NFL football team. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. They love those Cubs. You know, Bill uh, Murray and my son, Night Train, went to the game where the kid hit the walk-off home run. Two outs. Oh, bot. In yeah. the bottom of the ninth. And the bot. grand slam, yeah. Yeah. And... <laughs> And my son texted me from the seats and yeah. said it was the most exciting ball game I've ever seen. But <laughs> they the, own everything within. And he was getting interviewed, like I heard a radio interview, getting interviewed seven, eight minutes off the game, and everybody was still in the stands cheering. And it was, uh, it was like you know, Michigan just scored the winning touchdown against Ohio State. It was. Uh, Ricketts has done has done a good job. This from a lifelong White Sox fan, and they've bought up the buildings. They got. They, they they settled their dispute with the people across the street, and they control all of that. There's going to be you know a couple hotels there. I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be like Fenway, Fenway Sports. Mike, I talked to you about this uh, when I last time we talked, but uh, we just had a piece in the Star Tribune three four days ago about how the tickets are down really for football, basketball, and uh, hockey over there, and. Uh, and now we got the soccer team coming to town. The Twins are going to be way down. The Twins are going to have their lowest attendance since 2001 uh, in, in the Metrodome. Uh, this market's tough, man. I mean, you got a different kind of niche, but it's tough right now. With, now you're getting a new soccer stadium. It's, it's a tough sell market. You better, have, you better have something they enjoy. 
Yeah, and I and I think it's good for the market. I, I you know I know some of my brethren. They look at this and they say, "Oh, we got a lot more competition coming in." But the fact is, is that maybe there'll be some sponsors who prefer the soccer to to, for example, what we do. But it just makes you better. The more competition there is, the the, the better you have to be. And we are. You know, I mean, we we sell an experience. We sell a sense of community, and our prices are enough that people can leave their tickets in the drawer for two weeks and not and not use them and not and not feel it. But you can't do that with a lot of other sports. Here's the uh, here's the deal. The, the teams, like major league teams, everybody does this. They turn their they they take the cash from whatever company concession company that is. You know, there's how many two three big ones. Yes. They take that cash and then they let those people set the prices. They they basically, you know, it's not the twins saying we want to charge ten and a half for a beer. It's them allowing, you know, taking the check and then the giving up complete control. What? Why in God's name did somebody decide that you got to pay ten bucks for a beer? What's wrong with eight? What's wrong with seven? Yeah. I I don't get it. You still make a huge profit. What? What are you? What the PR you would gain for, you know, letting me buy uh, uh, four beers for my wife and I uh, total rather than two is uh, is amazing. Well, they got, I, I don't know what the the object is of these ungodly prices. They got they got they got enamored with the idea of getting these huge contracts, getting cash out front, and then suddenly it's never what they promised. I mean the the. the We'll go back to Tampa. Yes. The Tampa then Devil Rays. Yes. The year after they opened, had the richest hot dog deal, $555,000 a year to sponsor the Devil Rays, and they were sold. It was Smithfield Meats. were okay. sold a bill of goods that you're going to draw $4 million. They drew $2 million people. They fired everybody who made that mm-hmm. deal. And, and, and that's an example of what, of what you come into. Well, but whoever, I don't even know who owns Target Field, but the, but the uh, you know, the Dolans or whoever it is, whatever, comp- sports service or whoever it is. The Jacobs. They, they cut the big check, and then they do anything they want to. You can't, you can't. You can't charge that much for a beer. We we have tried to uh, the the station had tried to run this uh, uh, town ball classic over there. You know, with some three town teams should probably have that at CHS Field. But anyway, please do. Uh, uh, <laughs> but you know, okay, you get you're getting people that come in from Bird Island or something who are used to paying three bucks for a beer on a Sunday afternoon or two and a half, and now you got your normal prices there. You can't have it that way. You got to. Cheaper beer, and I don't drink. I haven't had a drink since 1981. You want to figure out how to get the people on your side again? Don't charge them ten bucks for a beer. It's yeah, it's absolutely true. And when you sit down to negotiate the deal, I mean, we worked with um, with Levy when we when we yeah. went into CHS, and we said we got to have snuffies. We we have to have. Um, independent purveyors. That's part of, of, of what we do. We have to have Ginkgo's Coffee Shop. We have to have this local flavor. And they built it into the deal, and there's no problem doing that. You can do that. How'd the uh, new Chicago team do down there in Rosemont? Pretty, how's the stadium? Um, the stadium is, is was designed by Julie Snow, the lady who okay. designed ours. Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful ballpark. I think they made a mistake by call. They're averaging 29 
2,900. Really? So they're okay. in sixth or seventh. But I think the mistake was they're not in Chicago. It's yeah. the Rosemont team, and I okay. think they should have called it Rosemont, but they should have romanced the downtown um, guys, especially the radio guys and the TV mm-hmm. guys. You know, they should have gone down into Chicago more. Yeah, well, they can change the name, can't they? Uh, call it the O'Hare Fighting uh, whatever or yeah, something like that. That's good. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, but, that's that's uh, is Kansas City do okay? Yeah, Kansas draw? City does. Yeah, Kansas City does real well. Kansas City and uh, Winnipeg and Lincoln. I mean, it's very strong. If we get rid of the, if we get rid of the two that you and I always discuss, if we mm-hmm. if we can get the the uh, Texas club, and it's terrible to talk about the league, but it should be a bus league. And if we move Cleburne and and we move the um, Grand Prairie team, the Texas Airhawks, into a real Texas league, I think. That would be better for everyone involved. Are you uh, you're home here until Labor Day? We're home until Labor Day. Uh, Good we, seats always available. Yes, right. Wow, well, there's, there's and, there's and no, we don't have we don't have those no kind sell, of years. There's no sellout, right? No, there's no I such mean, thing as a keep, sellout. You just keep coming up. Hey, did anybody move into the big uh, empty space next to you where the restaurant was? The uh, yeah, they've moved a couple. Of, there's, I haven't been over there yet, but they got a couple of restaurants right across. Oh, really? Across. Yeah, okay. they moved in right on the corner in Lenny's old joint. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they tell me the Goldens, what used to be Goldens too, across is going to be a soccer hangout. So they got, they got some space available over there too. Okay. Plus, you got the Saints Diner right there, which is uh, oh. out of this. That world. corn on the cob with crab meat on it is like. <laughs> I, I don't want to say I've been there. That's my favorite place to go during the cat videos to mm-hmm. watch the crowd. So, uh, are you a? Do you hit the fair? Just uh, do you hit the fair as a fan of the fair, or as a guy representing the Saints? Do you uh, you got a, you got a favorite chow out here or not? Oh, absolutely! I mean, anytime you come here, it's got to be deep fried two or three times. <laughs> it's got to be giggles with his with his well, French yeah, fries. Giggles! I haven't seen him this year. He usually comes down and uh, makes us eat something. Well, you know, I mean, he's so busy. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, for 10 or 12 days, he does something he doesn't like to do the rest of the time, which is work. Giggles but, was on your bandwagon before anybody else in town, wasn't he? God bless him. That was the one, that was the one business we affected there at the Midway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, games. but he was running buses to you the first year out, 93. He, he's he's a, a great hustler. And for the fair, when we lived in St. Paul full-time, uh, my wife Libby and, and Rebecca, we came every year two or three times. I love the fair. I mean, this is kind of, we, we kind of try to make the Saints model them after a little mini where people can kind of wander around and do whatever they want. This is your crowd, baby. It is. <laughs> this is uh, it is. This is Americana right here, I'll tell you for that. And, by the way, one other thing, I don't know if you've been out there, but the state amateur baseball tournament's going on uh, this weekend, uh, New Prague and Shakopee. Mike, you're Fully welcome to join the Fairville Lakers bandwagon at any time you want, When do you guys play? We got uh, Saturday night. We're taking on hated Plato with the Blue Jays. And they got uh, the Fairville Lakers. Their their ace pitcher is a minister. So the pitching preacher is their uh, ace pitcher, Matt Lane. And uh, he's he's pretty much put the Lakers on his back here about the last three years. Well, yeah. that and the first base coach have a lot to say with <laughs> yeah. the outcome of any particular but, game, Mike. Uh, that's more Americana here, Minnesota. Very unique that grassroots baseball, man. One of the one of the things I, I, that still, whenever I go somewhere, people want to know about is how did Billy Peterson, yes, coach 
three guys like that. How yeah. did Billy Pe- and he, that, yeah. they don't even talk about Maurer, but you got Winfield, you got you got Morris, you got Molitor, three and a half miles maybe separating mm-hmm. them, and there's Billy P and the amateur pro. And we still leave town for 10 days in the world's longest road trip when they play the high school tournament. More people knew about Midway because of the high school tournament than about the Saints. All right. Hey, Mike, thanks for stopping by. And the season ends, uh, uh, regular season Monday. When do you start the playoffs then? Tuesday. Two you know right minor league baseball, Tuesday. we're economic. And Let's what, go, baby. What, two out of three and then four out of three out of five? It's three out of five on, on three both ends. Three out of five, ends. both ends. I'm okay. hoping we get the Friday, Saturday, You haven't Saturday won the world Sunday. championship in a few years, have you? Since 2004, oh, not that I'm counting, but I tell kidding. George, 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 204, 2004. I don't want to put the pressure on George, but if he don't win it, he's out if I'm running the team. Wow. <laughs> You're Thanks. a tough GM. Thanks, Mike. It was really great. All right. The great, great run. The great Mike Vacken. And uh, uh, go out and catch a ball game. It's a lot of fun. The final segment of the Ride with Royce here live on the second to last day of the great Minnesota get-together. Patrick, are you getting a tad bit emotional that you only have one day left? Uh, not yet. Somebody's yelling, <laughs> roll the dinghy at me. I wish you wouldn't be so sarcastic. He's yelling, roll the dinghy at uh, he's, uh, well, you did advocate for that earlier, though, sir, so what? that's on you. Yes. That, that's what you do. You don't roll the boat. You roll the dinghy. So you Boy, were I was, the crowd. Uh, I was 50-50 going to the football game when I arrived. I was down to about 20-80. Now that I know that it starts You're at 6, I said 0, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. That's uh, good. But, Let's uh, be honest. You were never uh, 50-50. Gophers 52 Really? New Mexico State. Oh, my goodness. You are rowing the And bullets. we're going to have uh, great excitement and find out that it meant absolutely nothing. To grow, you must fail. Yes. I'll go 24 to 7. Goals. Oh, no. They're Isn't the line? Is all the line have to 21? Do, all they're going to do it. Uh, Wyoming rushed for 340 yards against them. So Rodney Smith is going to get about 35 carries and, today. And, uh, they'll be, the second team will be in by the middle of the second quarter. <laughs> this team stinks. So uh, they were favored. It was the 18 was the line? Was that now the, it's up to 21 and a half. He just, Andy Greeter just pointed out to us their def, three of their defensive guys aren't playing. Oh, my goodness. State, so. But, hey, that's but all dangerous. right. It's it a won't, dangerous football It team. won't prevent us from... Smooch it up to it like it's one of the great victories oh, in history. Of course. <laughs> and by the way, uh, just a programming note here. We are taking this to the top of the hour, not out at our normal 58-50 time. Why would that be? Well, because I had to maneuver some stuff to okay. uh, accommodate yeah. for the appearance of one Mike Vec, who is All right. one of the greatest human beings ever, yes, by the way. Yes, he uh, he's a good guy. and. Uh, that ballpark over there is uh, pretty fantastic. That is a great facility to go watch a baseball game. We need more new stadiums in this town. <laughs> we don't have enough. How about a new Sweet Martha's? We need a new Sweet Martha's. No one over here. You think they're making any money on a day no. like today? I've only watched about 800 people walk by with a gigantic what, what is bucket. It? What's a bucket now? Are we up to 20 yet or is it still about 18? You know, that's a good point. 18? 18 bucks. 17. Wow. Yeah, cheap at wow. twice the price. If that was in a local a major league sports team, it'd be sixty. Oh yeah, it'd be sixty. You aren't getting away with that, and you're right. 60. By the way, that'd be half the size because it's the Delaware Sports Group that I know controls both yes. U.S. Bank and Target Field. It is a shame that they do continue well, to rip they, people they off the way they do. More. And eight, now there's nothing wrong with a seven dollar and fifty cent beer. And here's the problem: because yeah. I've talked to a lot of these uh, wholesalers and brewers, Pat. 
they don't want the prices that high. They think that, you know, whether it's the local craft brewers or whoever, they also say the same thing. Quit charging so much for this stuff. By the way, there's a beer uh, crew here. Not only is the beer show crew ready to roll, baby, we are going to take over in three minutes from right now. All right. So best of luck. uh, (laughs) They look like they're getting themselves uh, in shape for it. All righty. We'll do this tomorrow. Last ever, not only the last ever State Fair show, Sports Talk, the last time I will ever be at the State Fair. (laughs) It's done. Never again. My grandkids can call up and beg me. I'm not coming. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.